The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 211th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to my me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined in a few minutes by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. What a week it was as I attended last night's Patriots championship banner-raising game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And also covered the Deutsche Bank Golf Championship and the Brazil-USA soccer match. My highlight of the week was watching the Patriots raise their banner last night. As I trudged through the rain to Gillette Stadium, but it was uh, well worth it for what was really just a rare sensory overload for about five minutes or so of uh, lights, camera, action. It included fireworks and smoke, music, Super Bowl trophies being walked out to midfield, and of course the banner unveiling, the first ever stadium card stunt at Gillette Stadium, and of course the fans who were absolutely uh, wild last night, as, as really as good as I've seen uh, ever at Gillette Stadium. It was really just so much going on for that five-minute period or so, pregame with the music, Dropkick Murphys, uh, the fireworks, the smoke kind of overhanging and throughout the stadium, uh, Troy Brown, Ty Law, Willie McGinnis walking out with the three previous Super Bowl trophies, culminating with Bob Kraft walking out with the most recent, just one Super Bowl trophy over the Seahawks last year, and then unveiling the Super Bowl banner, Super Bowl 49, of course. Uh, it was just something else. And then the national anthem with New England native Grace Potter, immediately followed by this card stunt 
that was everybody in the stadium holding cards. They were all taped uh, to every seat in the stadium, including mine. And uh, it was a it was a really cool effect. Looked pretty good on TV as well. Um, which I, I DVR'd the game, obviously, to watch when I got home. So again, it was really, uh, really unique, um, and well worth the wait. So it was just really an awesome evening, except for my low light of the week, which was the weather last night. Uh, it was brutal. Uh, you know, of all the nights, I mean, we have had a stretch of New England weather up here like you read about, and then the forecast for the next week is stum- summer still lingering. But on last night of all nights, it was brutal. There's no other way to say it. It was just uh, sloppy, ugly, waiting in line to get into the stadium with security and all that. It was just brutal. No other way to say it. Nothing anybody could do about it. It was attributable to the rain. Um it was it was warm, so it was in like the high sixties, seventies, and just absolutely dripping perspiration. But you know, New Englanders are hardy, and you know it certainly didn't detract from the uh, the excitement, but it did make it just uh, a hassle that again you wouldn't want to see on of all nights last nights. So long anticipated, to put it mildly, as everybody knows. So, uh, so yeah, it, it was a bummer. And, uh, you know, anybody, any of you who watched the Deutsche Bank Golf Championship right down the road from Gillette Stadium over the course of the previous week uh, leading into its culmination on Labor Day Monday knows exactly what I'm talking about as far as just spectacular weather one of the best stretches in recent memory, which leads into my other highlight of the week, which was Ricky Fowler, the winner of the Deutsche Bank, sending a case of champagne to the media center immediately within moments after winning the Deutsche Bank championship and then coming over personally 15 minutes or so after he won it to offer a toast to the media, champagne toast. And uh, it was just so impressive. I've frankly never seen it done before i've never you know i've never been a part of anything quite like that so i like legions of his followers really like ricky fowler and now i like him a whole lot more as does a whole lot of media members it was a really nice touch i picked him up uh, on the ninth hole on sunday day three and then followed him throughout the day on monday as well and i was just blown away by his popularity. Now I know why. Uh, you know, he was great in his interviews, of course, the champagne toast. Um, when I was on the ninth hole on Sunday, uh, sitting up in the bleachers watching him, and it's just looking down like a 400, 500-yard hole, and just as far after he hit his tee shot, as far as the eye could see, it was literally looked like an army just coming up the cart path, following him, and it was just electric, and uh, I just ended up following him for the next, you know, the rest of that day, and then all day Monday, and his followers are just rabid, 
he's great with him, the way he interacts, and it was just really terrific. And as usual, there was high drama on the Labor Day finale. When it all turned on the par 316th, of which I was fortunate enough to be standing there, right behind the green. Uh, I always go there when it gets down to it on Monday. It's a par 3 over the water. It's awesome. So the leader at the time was Henrik Stemson with a one-shot lead over Ricky. They were playing together in the last group. And it went in the water. Henrik hit it into the water on his tee shot. And next thing you know, Ricky walked off the green with a one-shot lead. So it was a two-shot swing. And that proved to be the margin of victory. Uh, did go down 17th and 18th hole were high drama as well. To see if uh, Stemson could... Uh, could birdie or Ricky would bogey. Neither happened. Ricky held on, and it was uh, really just great stuff. Um, so just a great tournament. Again, as always, I, of course, spoke in depth about it on last week's show. As for the big three, because it was really all about the big three coming into the tournament, uh, Jason Day was in the hunt, but kind of fell back as we got the uh, into the, the back nine on Monday, Rory McIlroy played okay, but was really a non-factor. And Jordan Spieth missed another cut. So that was shocking as well. And then uh, Ricky Fowler stated his case both on the course and in the press conference afterwards, after he won it, for hoping to uh, get the big three to expand to the big four. So maybe this will be the start of that happening. Finally, my bizarre story of the week was witnessing uh, Gillette Stadium on Tuesday night, not last night, Tuesday night, uh, looking like uh, it was downtown Rio de Janeiro as Brazil blew out USA 4-1, to literally putting on a clinic before just a sea of the iconic yellow jerseys, Brazil's uh, famous uniforms, and... Uh, it was incredible to watch. It was a spectacularly beautiful, warm evening. And boy, if you wanted to go see uh, perhaps the world's most famous soccer team uh, and their superstars, you got your money's worth. Two goals by Neymar and one each by Hulk and Rafinha. Uh, made it truly a night to remember. And... Uh, you just got to love how most of the, you know, these Brazilian superstar soccer players just have one name. There is no last name. It's Neymar, which, or, you know, Hulk, uh, just great stuff. Uh, I was in the mix zone, which is where the media is outside the locker room area and the players just stop by. It's really well done. I love the way soccer does that. And the players just sort of move along the line and talk to people. Media, media types, and uh, could not have been more impressed with, you know, uh, the demeanor of the Brazilian soccer players, including Hulk, Neymar, just very uh, affable, friendly, stopping and talking to everybody, clearly having relationships with the legions of Brazilian international media that were there. So it was really, really fascinating to see, again, the iconic Brazilian soccer team, up close and personal. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham 
Obama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Obama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Looking forward to Alabama's first home game in Tuscaloosa this Saturday. Terrific. I know you'll be there covering it, and uh, I'm sure you're glad to be Back home after spending the past month or so in California, and I'm sure you're equally glad to uh, have NFL football underway as well as am I. And I, of course, was at the uh, game last night between the Patriots and Steelers, a mere 20 minutes from where I live, and I talked at the beginning of the show in the first segment all about the pregame ceremonies, which were really pretty special, a sensory overload, as I called them. Uh, but, I, but I didn't talk about the game because I wanted to save that with you. And I think it's pretty simple. Coming into the game, it was all about Brady. But as the game unfolded, it was all about Gronk. And I'm going to ask the question that a lot of people ask, and I was asking last night, how do you not cover that guy? That's what it just seems like week in, week out, as he piles up his touchdown totals that he seems to not be getting paid attention to the way he should be paid attention to. Because for my money, aside from quarterbacks, he's the number one unstoppable weapon in the NFL, period. John, it's, it's, it, 
I mean, I can't even answer that question. How how do you not cover the one of the best players on the other other team? And he's, I mean, not only open but wide open. And he's he's so big and powerful. He's like a a Carl Malone on the football field. He can make himself large when the ball's in the air. He can jump. He can has strong hands. Very difficult to guard. But not having someone on him on one of those plays for a touchdown, it's incredible. And you you spend all uh, spring and fall going over your defenses, and the night of the game, you can't find him on the field. It's amazing. I, I don't. I mean, it, it's 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 the mystery of all time. I totally agree. It's week after week, year after year. Uh, I heard an interesting stat. If I got it right. He's played 72 games and has 65 touchdowns. That's remarkable um, in his career. And, again, his first touchdown, he, like, just went out split wide right and at the 13-yard line, and, like, nobody covered him, like one guy, which is just near laughable. I think it was a linebacker, and, you know, he's bigger than linebackers and obviously practically as fast as cornerbacks. Uh so it's not like there's a good answer, but, you know, yet if I had to look for an answer, it would clearly be, you know, you start with double teaming them and go from there. And, and you know, the second touchdown, right, it happened right in front of me, right where my seats are at, which was the, you know, the vice grip catch right right in front of, the, you know, in the back of the end zone over the goal, you know, under the goal posts, uh, you know. It's rapidly becoming, my seats are in the corner of the end zone where, you know, my take-home memory, and I've had these seats for a couple of decades now. I bought them the day after Bill Parcells was hired as coach, so I've seen a lot down there. (laughs) Old stadium and new. But right now, what is becoming just sort of my take-home memory, my visual when I think of going to Patriot games, and I've been to dozens, if not hundreds, is Gronk. Again, just putting these vice grip catches right in front of me in the end zone. It's just remarkable and every time kind of shaking my head because he looks like he's wide open. And maybe it's something about his size or his athleticism or whatever that almost makes it seem like, you know, like a mirage, so to speak. Like he's more wide open than he is because he's grunk. Yeah, John, and that stat that you rattled off, I mean, that's pretty remarkable for a tight end. For a wide receiver, it, it's not so uh, surprising, but for a tight end, I don't know if I've ever heard something like that to score a, a touchdowns and then the first 72 games, 65 touchdowns. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard that correctly. I, I've been digesting a lot of information all morning, getting ready for the show, and I've mentioned, you know, not to mention yesterday, but, you know. Again, if there was a message that was sent last night from the Patriots, you know, the message was, in my mind, Gronk. Like, he's he's back and just fully, fully healthy. Let's not forget his, you know, injury history. Um, he was out for so long, and then at the beginning of last year, he, uh, you know, was really recovering from, I guess it was the knee injury. It's tough to get them all straight. I mean, he's had the arm injuries, the back injuries, which go back to college, back operation at Wallop, member of the Patriots, and obviously the famous knee injury, which also happened 
uh, right in, you know, not far from my seats. I won't forget that visual either. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, uh, but, you know, to see him come out in the opening game like that is really like, that has to just send shutters through the rest of the league. It really does, especially when you now have Scott Chandler, who got the other touchdown pass, uh, you know, former Buffalo Bill, be bigger than Gronk. He's six seven two seventy. Gronk something like six six two sixty. Brady threw four touchdown passes last night. That's that says a lot right there. Obviously, as far as his readiness, and all four were to tight ends. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, and John, it's funny to look back at some of the stories before the game. The Pittsburgh still were were saying that they would jam up. Gronkowski, exactly. And I'm thinking, I mean, how could you, how could you, you know, conduct an interview and you tell the person we're going to jam up Gronkowski, and then they're they're nowhere to be found when they line up near the goal line. Exactly, you know. And I was at the game, and I haven't had a chance to like watch it. I DVR'd it, of course, but you know, for my money, uh, you know, I I didn't see any jamming going on. I mean, again, to me. You put two guys, maybe a linebacker and a defensive back, to give them both, you know, size and speed, right on him at the line, and you just like basically use two guys to not let him get off the line. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you know, and I'm no coach, but it's like, and you said it perfectly. They even talked about it in advance. Yet I saw absolutely no evidence of it last night. But it's tough, you know. I'll, you know, it's tough to pick up this stuff in person, you know, unless you're completely isolated. Uh, and there was so much going on last night. It was, you know, tough to just focus on one guy. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, again, a good game. I mean, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so, you know, I was glad to see the Steelers not give up and, uh, you know, battle to the end, uh, which is exactly what I would expect from a Pittsburgh Steelers team. Let's face it, a lot of missed opportunities. You know, the minute their kicker, Scott Sweezum, went out by make, attempting a tackle in a preseason game, not a smart move. But, you know, missing those two field goals in the first half, just fatal. You cannot miss scoring opportunities against the Patriots in the opening game of the year at Gillette Stadium. You just can't. Yeah, when you're playing on the road, John, every little uh this cue is going to come back to haunt you. You know, normally, especially the Patriots, they were they played very well. And, and just to bring it up one more point, I mean, they're they're a timing passing offense, so it's inexcusable not to jam Gronkowski at the line. Exactly, it just is. Yeah, I mean, and this this is a storyline that's been going on. Since he walked, you know, come into the league, and let's not forget, he's missed, you know, a ton of time with the various injuries that I just detailed. Uh, Yet, it just seems to be the same old song, and last night it really just seemed to bring it to the forefront, given, given, you know, the high profile of the game, obviously, not to mention the weather. Um, You know, just all the factors were in place, but, you know, Julian Edelman also played a great game. I mean, I, I, I must say his star has been rising dramatically. I mean, uh, when I think of when he first got with the Patriots and was just, you know, an undersized punt returner, 
first time I ever laid eyes on Julian Edelman, you'll like this AP, was, you know, walked into training camp, literally got right behind, you know, walked right behind the goalpost, and next thing I know, I look up within seconds of my arrival, and here comes Julian Edelman, you know, finishing off, right in, run, running right at me like an 85-yard punt return. And I was like, who's that guy? And here we are all these years later. And we all know who that guy is now. He's, again, becoming a tremendous weapon. He really is. You know, he's doing all the things that Welker did and more. John, when you watch some certain players, the word that comes to mind is dependable. You know, they're going to be there every game. If the ball's in their hands, they're going to make the catch. They're going to make the right move as far as getting to the correct hole. If they're returning a kick, running in the backfield. They're going to make precise cuts on their routes. I mean, that's what comes to mind when I think of someone like Adam. Exactly. It's the perfect word. You know, he's a great runner. And, you know, I can't, you know, speaking of Edelman um, and just the Patriots overall, of course, the NFL Network on Tuesday night debuted the America's Team Super Bowl recap. For this year from when they beat the Seahawks last year and uh, a real insight into the, you know, Patriots of which Edelman, they interview three players, of course, each year for their Super Bowl show. And Edelman was one of them. So you really learned a lot about Julian Edelman on this show. And then, of course, Wednesday night uh, and they released the ratings today, which were like awesome for the NFL Network's Do Your Job show, which basically... <laughs> for, the, for the first time ever, you know, features and, inter- and shows extensive interviews with, you know, a number of Patriots assistant coaches who, of course, never speak to the media. They were very candid, very insightful. It was a great show. It was a great show, and it did huge ratings in New England, no surprise. So, uh, you know, it, again, learned a lot about the Patriots. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night, watching those two shows, both well done and both, again, with a lot of new information that you just hadn't seen before. So it, it was interesting. I mean, you know, they're, they're like maybe the highest profile team in sports right now, I'd have to say. You know, I really would. Yeah, for the, for the good reasons and the bad. Exactly. Well said. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like them or don't like them, you watch them. And, you know, that's what I used to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1970s growing up in Pittsburgh, the Cowboys of the 90s, the Niners of the 80s. You know, you tune in and no question. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So, you know, dynasties are good. Yeah, it attracts a lot of people. I mean, even if they're not football fans, they they have – Brady, I mean, he's more than just a football player across the, the across the country, and so they're going to tune in to watch him and see what he's up to. And of course, Belichick is the the enigmatic coach that everybody likes to chew on and try to figure out what's what's going to come out of his mouth next. Exactly, and these two shows that I just detailed uh, certainly, you know, give you a different, you know, offer some new stuff from Belichick. Period. You know, it will, you know, uh, just give you more food for thought when you want to think about Bill Belichick again, 
uh, good and bad. So uh, interesting shows, to say the least. NFL is underway. Can't wait. Glad to have it underway. A full slate of games on Sunday. And we'll look forward to that. But before that, we have Saturday in college football, which you and I love to discuss on our show every week. So uh, why don't we take our break now? And we'll get into a little college football after the break. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we said we're going to talk about college football, which we will. And what better way to begin our college football discussion than just making note of the fact that the last two Heisman Trophy winners... Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston will square off in their in each of their first in their first ever NFL game on Sunday when Tennessee plays the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, that should be great stuff, huh? Oh, I mean, I guess it's the first time it's ever happened, John, where the number one and number two quarterbacks are going against each other in the opening game. Exactly. Um, both have shown, you know. Uh, there's a lot to like, you know, and, you know, they've had their usual preseason mistakes, what have you. But, you know, let's just say that, you know, I can't remember the last time there would have been this much excitement for either team's game, Tennessee or uh, Tampa Bay, 
Not to mention when they're facing each other, let's face it, until this weekend. Uh, not a game that would have been drawing the big rating, shall we say, within the NFL. But, uh, <laughs> the, you know, and, <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. I, I like both teams. I certainly like the Bucks. I used to live down the Gulf Coast by the, back when they were uh, in their earlier years. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, you know, everybody's curious about each, and now you can get your answers by watching just one game. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, I'll definitely try to tune into that game if I can get it on the TV. Uh, I look forward to watching those two young guys compete. Absolutely. Um, but now, you know, let's get down to some college football. you got to be loving it. You're back home in Alabama, and tomorrow you'll be uh, – in Tuscaloosa, a place where you love to be, obviously, and uh, for the Alabama's first home game of the year. Yeah, John, uh, they're playing a team, Middle Tennessee State, that ran 95 plays last week in a 70-14 to win over Jackson State. So it's kind of a precursor to playing some of these teams in the SEC with the hurry-up no-auto offense. So it's either by design or by accident with perfect scheduling. Yes, yes, 95 plays. That's a ton. I mean, a, tip, a team typically runs in the 70s, if I'm not mistaken, in a typical game. So that's a fast yeah. offense. Yeah, so it's going to be a test for Alabama. They, that other team can score. They're led by their first-year quarterback, who, by the way, is the coach's son, uh, Stocksdale. And he had a great ball game last week. He set some records, believe it or not, uh, with efficiency, four touchdowns, with 300 yards. So he, he was fantastic for uh, Middle Tennessee State. Well, it's going to be fun, you know, a home game in Tuscaloosa. You know him well, and uh, but nothing like the first game of the year. And uh, it sounds like it could be an interesting one. But And speaking of interesting ones, you are Ed, of course, one of the feature games of the opening weekend of college football, which was last Saturday night's game against Wisconsin, a Big Ten power, down at uh, Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. Uh, how was it? I watched the game. I was thinking of it the entire time. Yeah, that's a great venue, John. It's a beautiful stadium, and I just really enjoyed watching the game from that press box. and. Uh, my take from the game was that you know Derek Henry, he's excellent when he's running north and south, and that's what the coaching staff would like him to do for the rest of the season. You know, get find the hole, get through it because he's so big. And then he went, when he, once he gets out to the secondary, he's a long strider, big, six foot three, two hundred forty pounds. He can run over most anybody, and he had an outstanding game, over one hundred forty yards, three touchdowns. He caught a few passes. When he first got to Alabama, John, you remember from high school, they just tossed him the ball and said, all right, young fella, just score us a touchdown. Well, when you get to college, you have to learn how to catch the football, you have to learn how to pass block. He's developing those other skills and becoming a well-rounded running back. Yeah, well, we uh, we both knew about him in high school. I never forget watching uh, one of his high school games on uh, on television. was he the uh, – he has the most yards in the history of high school football? Is that what it is, or is it the history yeah, of that's Florida? Cor- that's cor- yeah, that's correct, John. The, the most n- yards. The national over 12, record. The national record, over 12,000 
in the record that he, he, he surpassed the record of uh, running back out of Sugar Land, Texas, Ken Hall, who had over 10,000 something, I believe. And he, he played in the 50s for a little bit at A&M for Coach Bryant. And then he ended up in Canadian football, I think. But, but yeah, Derrick Henry set the national record over 12,000 yards. Yeah, and and just let's take a pause here and think about this. Ken Hall's record stood for over 50 years, uh, the, you know, period. So I remember when that was the game, was uh, pretty sure the game they telecast, Derrick Henry's high school game, was the game that, you know, where he broke the all-time national record for rushing yards in the history of American high school football. I mean, that's a mouthful, and that's impressive, uh, to, to put it mildly, so... To say he arrived with much hoopla, I had the pleasure of watching him uh, in person uh, for the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, where I worked uh, for the organization uh, down in San Antonio, Texas, first week of January, as it is every year. Uh, And yeah, I got to see Derrick Henry play live, and he was awesome. But what I think of, and there was never more on display than this past Saturday night, six days ago, was... When he bursts through the line, if he gets past the first line of defense, i.e. the defensive line, like uh, with it, with, he's gone. He's just he's a rocket ship from that moment on. He's practically unstoppable given the size you just mentioned of him, uh, his speed. But, yeah, when I think of Derrick Henry, you know, I just think of, again, if he bursts through the line and gets past, uh, you know, the defensive lineman, that's it. He's going to the end zone. Uh, you know, and and he gets there quickly. Yeah, more than likely, John. He's going to carry a few with him anyway. Exactly right. If he doesn't get there, it's going to take more than one to bring him down because he is, again, we're talking a rare combination of size and speed. You know, know, we talked, uh, you know, about him more a fair amount on our show over the past couple of years, but let's just not forget that, you know, he was behind a terrific running back. Earlier, you mentioned the word dependable to describe Julian Edelman. But when I think of, you know, T.J. Yeldon, who was at Alabama for a number of years and who Derrick Henry played behind the first couple of years, uh, dependable comes to mind when I think, it, you know, T.J. Yeldon. And uh, so Derrick Henry, you know, despite his talent, didn't you know, he was not the starter. Just that simple, but so he's really bursting on the scene now, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, John, and that's a good point. I think he's carried the ball just about 200 times in his career, which is not a lot, about 100 carries freshman and sophomore year, so he has a lot of tread on his tires. Exactly right. Um, he's a junior this year, correct? Junior this year, and, and I think this opening game on national TV put him really right in the middle of that Heisman race. Yeah, and that's what we talked about recently in one of our shows was the fact that, you know, although he was, quote, a backup uh, first two years at Alabama, you know, he is was mentioned in some preseason, you know, Heisman hopefuls, polls, and, uh, you know, which just speaks to the recognition of his obvious talent. Um, so how was the atmosphere down there? I mean, you know, we had the new Jake Coker, uh, indeed, was the Alabama quarterback, and both teams travel well. How, how it must have been pretty exciting, I'm sure. Yeah, they have a pretty good crowd there, John. They announced it about sixty-five thousand. 
which was, uh, you know, far from being sold out, but it filled up most of those seats um, on the lower levels and a couple of the upper levels. So it was a good crowd. And um, Jacob Coker, I think most people thought he would be the starter. Indeed, he was. And early on, he had a tendency to hold the ball. That's his issue, really, with the coaching staff. He he doesn't like to make the quick decision. But he, he settled in and, and had a nice ball game through for over 200 yards. One touchdown to Robert Foster, a receiver from Pennsylvania, who has star quality written all over him. And Jake had no no turnovers, no interceptions, and the team rushed for over 200 yards. So when you have Derrick Henry in the, in the backfield, that certainly helps a, a first-year quarterback. The offensive line played well. They they gave up three sacks, but a couple of those might have been a combination of the line and, and uh, Jacob Coker holding the football. Defensive line was fabulous. They held Wisconsin to 40 yards rushing one of the – uh, attempts was by a wide receiver, I think, on a play. He had 25 yards. So the defensive line, that was the last, the last time the Badgers were held under 50 yards was three years ago at home in Madison against Michigan State. So it's rare that you're going to hold that type of team to so few rushing yards. And, of course, when you hold the team down at the line of scrimmage, they're going to try to throw the football. And they did. They threw it, I think, 39 times, which is unusual for Wisconsin. So the, the defensive backs, there's quite a few new players in there, and they're like four, four out of the five guys are playing new positions in the defensive backfield. So they didn't give up the big play, which was the goal. You want to make the other quarterback be consistent and have him drive the field. So Alabama played well defensively. They doubled up the score, 35-17. Um, kicking game was a little problem. The All-American punter, J.K. Scott, He's like a Ray, Ray, Ray guy, a clone. He had some difficulties uh, in his sophomore year. And then Adam Griffith, the field goal kicker, he hit the ball well, but missed two field goals not very long, 39 to 44 yards. So there's some room for improvement in the kicking game, especially. Yeah, well, you know, I think Alabama and Nick Saban had to be pleased, uh, you know, with everything. Um, you know, and Jacob Coker was more than serviceable, I think, you know. He showed uh, he finally earned the starting job, and uh, we'll see how he does, see if he can hold it. So, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm sure you'll have a great time uh, being in your element tomorrow in Tuscaloosa. And, you know, there's some other big college football games this weekend as well, but why don't we take our final break now, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, this weekend's upcoming slate of big games after the break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. 
Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-on expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the start of the NFL season on Sunday. Uh, specifically for me, hello, Red Zone. I'm a Red Zone addict, and I can't wait to uh, renew my addiction starting Sunday at 1 o'clock. So uh, before, I w- before we get to that... We will get to uh, we will have college football tomorrow and AP as as there is every weekend now. The rest uh, there's uh, you know a handful of just really marquee games and let's start with what I think is the biggest game of the weekend, uh, which is Oregon at Michigan State. I always love watching Oregon play. Who doesn't? If they're on, I'm watching. It's just that simple. Oh, yeah, John. There's always so much fun to watch. Number one, even before the game uh, begins, you're looking at the uniform. Exactly. you got to tune in just for that, at minimum. <laughs> no matter who they're playing, you have to see what the uniforms they're wearing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you know that they're going to have a quarterback that is pretty dynamic. Um, and, you know, they should have got a new quarterback, Vernon Adams. So. But uh, last week they played... Uh, Eastern Washington, they gave up quite a few points and yards, so that's not that's not in their favor when you're going to visit Michigan State. You know, since it's a home game for the Spartans, but um, you know they have the excellent quarterback, Michigan State, Connor Connor Cook. So exactly. you can look for him. They have a big. I think he'll probably have a big day. He's not the most efficient quarterback, John, but I, I think he's going to have a big day. And all summer, they work towards this game of being in better shape. They they kind of we had that lead in the third quarter, twenty seven eighteen last year. Then Oregon put it on them with twenty eight straight points, and they never they never were able to recover. But uh, they they spent a lot of time getting in shape, tip top shape, and you know trying to combat this up tempo offense. But you know last week they played, they played Western Michigan and they they threw the ball all over the place against Michigan State. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game again. I, I just haven't seen Michigan State, even though they've emphasized <clears throat> competing against these hurry-up, no-huddle offenses, they haven't been able to stop. You know, they didn't stop Oregon last year, Baylor in the bowl game. They won the game, so it was high-scoring. So, But I just think at home they're, they're probably going to have a little bit of an edge and they'll be able to win against Oregon. 
Yeah, it's going to be great. Let's face it, Michigan State uh, and their coach, Mark D'Antonio, he's built a wonderful program there. You know, it's turned into quarterback U recently, churning out these NFL quarterbacks, and uh, Carner Cook may be the best of them all. But, you know, they had that huge win two years ago against the undefeated Ohio State Buckeyes uh, in the Big Ten championship game. Fabulous game. And, uh, but, you know, they need to win this game tomorrow to really, really solidify their spot as, you know, upper-level elite college team uh, and someone who, and they could send the message that, you know, Ohio State's not going to stroll through the season undefeated since Ohio State and Michigan State are playing later this year. So this is a statement game for them, you know, partly because it's home. Yeah, and I don't see how they can really lose this game, John, and come back and play in that championship. I don't know. You know, the college football playoffs. I don't know how how they can lose this game at home. You know, Oregon, if they played close, they, they have a chance to come back and win out the rest of the season. But I don't know about Michigan State when you have to play Ohio State and, and maybe what playing in the championship again, right? Right, and well said because that's the beauty of college football right there. You nailed it with that statement. It is September 12th tomorrow, and we're basically saying and agreeing that it's somewhat of a must, quote, must win for Michigan State, period. It just is. You know, if for no other reason than perception, it really is that kind of a game for them, a statement game, as I said. Yeah, and and like I say, I have yet to see them stop one of these high-powered offenses, but uh, but I think they can eke out a win because they're playing at home. And, and, and John, let's face let, let's face it: is this quarterback better than Marcus Mariota? I, I don't know, but I'm thinking not. Correct. Well, he certainly had a, a strange baptism of fire since the team he transferred from Eastern Washington is who he played last week. Oregon played Eastern Washington. And uh, there was at least one uh, cheap shot taken at him when he was lying on the ground. One of his former teammates really nailed him badly. Um, so whatever, a message got sent. But anyway, just an, you know, noteworthy, uh, if, if for no other reason you know, than the hit. Um, and yeah, so that's it. It really, you know, is so important, the quarterback position, obviously, at Oregon, running that high-octane offense. So that'll be fun. And, you know, another great intersectional matchup, and this is another thing you just have to love about college football, is Oklahoma at Tennessee. I mean, two just tradition-laden teams in a fabulous setting, Nayland Stadium in Knoxville, uh on the river, the Cumberland River, I believe it is, and it's just going to be uh, awesome, to say the least. Yeah, John, that's another one of those pendulum-swinging games when you have two Power Five conference teams meeting early in the season. People are going to re- recall this game, and they're trying to figure out who to, who to select for the college football playoff. In Tennessee, they played Bowling Green last, last week, and Bowling Green's quarterback's pretty good. I guess he won a title a couple years ago with the Mac, but he threw for over 400 400 yards, which is not a good sign if you're playing Oklahoma. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. You know, again, if you're just uh, 
you know, if you just love college football and love that sort of big picture national perspective, you know, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Oregon, Michigan State, that gets you excited. And then it's worth noting that the SEC had, <coughs> excuse me, for the first time ever, 10 teams in the top 25, I believe. And uh, the SEC West features a great matchup tomorrow night, LSU at Mississippi State, and their uh, star quarterback, Dak Prescott. Yeah, he's the reason that Mississippi State has a chance, John. They lost quite a few players last year. Mississippi State down in Baton Rouge, they ran for over 300 yards. And I'm just not a big believer in a less miles team that, that has not developed quarterbacks through the years. So, I mean, there's a good possibility that Mississippi State can win that game. Yeah, well, I watched that game. That was clearly Dak Prescott's coming out party. It was riveting that night, watching that game, period. You know, when I look back on last year, that was one of the highlights of the year for him to go into Death Valley and do what he did. Uh, it was remarkable. It truly was. So, uh, you know, LSU gets their shot tomorrow night in, uh, in Starkville. So uh, three good games, you know. Uh, but as always, as every weekend, there will be lots of other good ones as well. Let's close the show on you know this note. I happen to be leaving the Deutsche Bank Golf Tournament with my watch ESPN and the shuttle ride back to my car and caught the Hail Mary from Bigham Young to beat Nebraska. That was amazing. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, I know. I know. BYU has had those type of plays in the past, and that's just another one in the long lineup. Miracle throws for a BYU quarterback at the end of the game. Yep. It's like covering Gronk. You can't believe what you're seeing. Like, <laughs> you, you watch it and you just shake your head and say, how does this happen? But that's the beauty <laughs> of football. That's why we watch. AP, as always, thank you for your perspective. Great show. And enjoy the Alabama game tomorrow in Tuscaloosa. And uh, we'll look forward to doing it all again next Friday. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 